Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, June 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Elon Musk is brushing off Wall Street's concerns over demand for Tesla's Model 3. Royal Dutch Shell is scaling back its ride-hailing plans. And the British government is eyeing new powers that would let it block companies from the London Stock Exchange on national security grounds. Plus, the FT's Jonathan Ely unpacks the drama between retail group Arcadia and its creditors ahead of a key meeting today. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Elon Musk says there's no reason to be concerned over demand for Tesla's Model 3. Uh, I want to be clear, there is not a demand problem. Sales are, have far exceeded uh, production, and production's been pretty good. That was Tesla's chief executive at the electric car maker's annual shareholder meeting in Mountain View, California, yesterday. Mr. Musk also indicated that most of the orders for the Model 3 were coming from a new set of customers. Tesla vehicle deliveries slumped by more than a third in the first quarter of this year. That prompted investors to worry about weakening demand. But on Tuesday, Mr. Musk said that in the three-month period that ends on June 30th, Tesla has a, quote, decent shot at a record quarter on every level. But Mr. Musk didn't specify any particular records he thought Tesla would break with its second quarter results. Tesla shares were up as much as 4% in after-hours trading. Oil and gas giant Royal Dutch Shell dipped its toes in the ride-hailing game last year as it tested out a service in London. And now, just 18 months later, Shell's dramatically scaling back that program. Shell's FairPilot app started as a service for drivers on ride-hailing platforms such as Uber and Lyft. It would help drivers find areas where rides were high in demand. Roger Hunter is the vice president of digital ventures for Shell's Energy's business. He says the app would have helped drivers find those rides quicker and also move more efficiently to the next job. FairPilot still offers certain services, such as alerting drivers to events in a particular area. But sources tell the FT that the 24-person team is expected to be reduced. The move to scale back the ride-hailing program highlights a growing gap between fast-growing startups and older, more established companies who have shareholders to answer to. Oil and gas companies such as Shell are especially interested in what the future of transport looks like as the world moves towards cleaner resources of fuel and the possibility that fewer people will own cars. And they're trying to figure out what that might mean for business. And the British government wants new powers that would let it block companies from listing on the London Stock Exchange. The powers would block companies on the grounds of national security. And it comes at a time of heightened concern over dirty money flowing through UK financial markets. Money that in some cases have been connected to organized crime and hostile foreign states, such as Russia and China. Currently, the UK's Financial Conduct Authority decides if a company meets the criteria for listing on the stock exchange. But according to a report on UK sanctions by Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee, MPs say the authority's narrow role should be combined with a much broader assessment of national security considerations. 
MPs and analysts say the power to ban companies from floating on national security grounds could help prevent a repeat of the listing of N plus in 2017. The company is associated with Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska. He's been accused of having close ties with Vladimir Putin. Both the FCA and the Treasury later came under fire for allowing the company's listing after the U.S. government imposed sanctions on Mr. Deripaska in 2018. The Treasury said in a statement that it was looking into whether legislation would be, quote, appropriate, and said it would have to take into account existing laws and the impact the move would have on financial markets. And here's a closer look at a story we're following today. For the past month or so, there's been an increasingly tense standoff between British retail group Arcadia and its creditors. Arcadia, which owns the Topshop chain, is the latest in a string of UK retail groups to get into financial trouble. And it's found itself in the position of trying to restructure its financial affairs. This has all been made more complicated by the fact that Arcadia is indirectly controlled by retail baron Sir Philip Green. Philip Green is not the owner of Arcadia. Actually, his wife, Lady Tina Green, is is the ultimate owner. And he's not actually even on the board anymore, but he is forever associated with the company. He's the man who built it up in a series of increasingly audacious transactions. That's the FT's Jonathan Ely. He likes big flash yachts. He likes hanging out with Kate Moss and Cara Delevingne. And Brits are generally a bit mistrustful of people who like flaunting their wealth in this way. So how is Sir Philip Green handling the situation with Arcadia? The process that he's using to restructure Arcadia is known as a company voluntary arrangement or a CVA. And this is a particular form of creditor protection in the United Kingdom. Um, Works a little bit like Chapter 11 in the US or examinership in Ireland. And basically it allows a business to negotiate a time period, typically three or five years, in which it has some protection against its unsecured creditors. So that's typically landlords, the taxman, the suppliers and the pension fund. And when retailers use CVAs, it's usually to negotiate big reductions in the rents that they have to pay to landlords or, in fact, to close stores altogether and break their leases. CVAs are particularly controversial among landlords because they feel that they are unfairly treated with respect to other creditors. They have become increasingly vocal about the perceived unfairness of their treatment. And that's doubly so when they're faced with a CVA from Sir Philip Green, who is, of course, somebody they have spent many years on the other side of the negotiating table from having very tough and robust negotiations about rents. And Jonathan, what's going to happen next? So what will happen today is that there will be a meeting um, under which the creditors will have to approve or otherwise the CVA that Sir Philip and his advisers have proposed. They need 75% approval. One landlord, which controls about 15% of the votes, has already said it is not going to back the arrangement. So that means they need to work very hard to get all the other creditors on board and voting in favour in order for this deal to pass. And it's all made even more complicated by the fact that there's not just one CVA, but there are seven because of the way 
that the Arcadia group is structured and the way its indebtedness and its pension fund work. There's a lot of interconnected indebtedness. So basically, all seven of these CVAs need to go through. And what happens in each scenario? What happens if it passes and what happens if it doesn't? So if the CVA passes and he gets it through with the 75% majority, what will happen is a load of shops will shut, 23 will shut straight away, probably more in the coming years. That's out of a total of about 500 to 600 stores in the UK and Ireland. On about 190 more stores, there will be big rent cuts for a period of three years. So landlords will receive anywhere between 25 and 50% less rent for those three years than they would have done otherwise. And landlords really hate that idea because they figure that if a tenant as big as Arcadia can secure a reduction, then what will all their other tenants say? If the CVA doesn't pass, on the other hand, well, Arcadia has said that the next step is that the group will go into administration. And that would mean possibly the ultimate closure of all the shops. Arcadia employs 18,000 people in Britain, so clearly it would be a major failure if that were to happen. However, um, landlords, of course, need to be careful what they wish for, because if Arcadia did go into administration, all the leases would be reset and they could face enormous losses that way as well. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. Today, we'll be following the annual meeting of Renault's shareholders in Paris. It's the first since former chairman and chief executive Carlos Ghosn was arrested last November. The French carmaker's new chairman, Jean-Dominique Senard, is expected to face a significant crowd of investors. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.